Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you, depending on when you're watching this edition, edition 81 of Hypnosis Week Live. Um, whether you're watching this on YouTube, Vimeo, or another video channel, or you're listening to the audio podcast version on your podcast platform, in any event, you can check out other episodes at hypnosisweek.com, and you can check out the guests, websites, and channels for all their kind of products, booking them and all that kind of stuff at the links that will be below this video or audio podcast symbol. Now, if you're watching this on the video channel, you can already see my guest on the other half of the screen. If you're listening on the audio podcast, you're going to hear his voice in a moment. I'm going to introduce you to him. He's coming in all the way from Canada. And um, arguably, he is Canada's leading comedy stage hypnotist at this moment in time as we speak in January 2021. We're also going to be asking him about his work in hypnotherapy, motivational stuff in companies and his background because he's um, he does come a bit like myself from a show business background. So please welcome live to the show all the way from Canada, Mr. Jason Cyrus. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, John. Uh, so nice for you to connect. I've been following you for years and I uh, heard a lot of great talk about you. And before you start, I got to show you something. Oh my God! Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Tremendous! I love it. Ah, I got the man right there. I got to get you to sign that for me, John. Hey, one day when I when I get when all this madness is over in the world and I finally get to come over to Canada and see one or two places because I my aunt she's no longer with us but she left England decades ago. She died about 15, 20 years ago, but she lived in um, Ontario. Right. For most of our yeah. lives. So I'd like to come out at some point and yeah, we'll touch base, have a beer, and I'll happily sign out for you. I followed you as well, and um, very impressive too, doing nice big venues, selling out, putting on a class show. Before we get into all that, Law, for any viewers or listeners who don't know your background, there was a time when you weren't a stage hypnotist, but although you do have roots in a show business family. What what was your life? How, what brought you to here? What's your background? Yeah, I'll uh, I, I love to share my story with you for sure. I come from an entertainment background a lot like yourself. My dad was a country music singer. Cool. Who was uh, he was very popular in uh, in Atlanta, Canada. He he toured a lot. His name was Joey Knight. I'm sure in the UK you guys never heard of him, but uh, he toured in a, through North America and was very popular. He was, he was up for Entertainer, Entertainer of the Year against a, a band called Blue Rodeo and all that stuff. So my background came in, in the music business. So he, was, he would tour six, eight months of the year. So as a child, you know, I, I seen all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it all started with drama. I was in, uh, I was in drama all through school. Oh. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, Jonathan, that I was also I have a big, big hockey background with my with sports. So uh, I was always a, a bigger guy and I was always, you know, I'm six foot two now, probably about 220 pounds, uh-huh. you know, it fluctuated <laughs> in between. But uh, when I was in school, I was always a bigger guy and scored lots of goals and all that stuff. And I always got made fun of a lot. I got bullied. Because, you know, I would play hockey and I would score five, six goals a game. And then I would go put on a pair of tights and, uh, you know, and be a troll with, with the drama club. And I absolutely loved the stage. And it was it was so fun. Um, from there, there was a man by the name of Ravine. Do you know that name? 
Peter Ravine. Yeah. I was going to bring him up if you didn't, but yeah, Peter Ravine. Well, he's world famous. Let's face it, as a stage hypnotist, and um, in later years when he kind of retired from performing, he was, well, he was a magician as well, illusionist, big illusion show, and then he ended up being um, American magician illusionist uh, Lance Burton's manager. Yeah, I mean, there's a big story there. And I seen him for the first time when I was 10 years old, and I seen him at the uh, Fredericton Playhouse. Now, back in the day when Ravine used to come to Atlantic Canada, he was really, really popular in, in British Columbia and Atlantic Canada. And he used to come, like, he would he would do, like, two shows a day, seven days a week for, like, three, four weeks straight. Wow. Like, the lineup would be insane. Like, they always say his family was like the circus coming to town when he came to town and it, it was just the impact that he had, you know, he had such charisma on stage and, and the way that he portrayed himself and his, his Australian accent. And he was very direct. He was a direct, he used direct hypnosis and uh, it was just amazing. So I seen him at 10 years old and that tri- triggered something in my own conscious when I seen him. Uh, from there, I ended up uh, going through high school and I ended up playing hockey in Ontario. Because I'm from Atlantic Canada, which is east of uh, Toronto area. Okay. Or as far east as you can. Well, there's Newfoundland and then I'm in New Brunswick, right? So um, when I when I was playing hockey, we had a corporate show one night and there was a stage hypnotist there. And from there, I was completely blown away. And of course, my drama background and everything. And I was like, this is something I had to do. So I went, I was taking a grade 13 course in Ontario and I bought a book. I, I forget what book it was, but I learned the, the hand class and the, you know, the magnetic fingers, the eye. And I was doing these at parties and that was an absolute hit, you know, and it was, it was so fun. Uh, and I got into training, uh, bodybuilding, powerlifting and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to make the national hockey league. So I ended up coming back home. I kind of finished my hockey career in New Brunswick. So I would be close to my family. I went to school, did some college, and all that time I was kind of just reading on hypnosis, you know, nothing big or anything like that. And then I got into the supplement business. I got into the gym business and opened the gym. And before I got out of that, probably about two years is when I really started to immerse myself in the study of hypnotherapy and hypnosis. And I always thought in my head one day, I said, I'm going to do a show. But of course, the imposter monster came in and fear was there and I was like gee you know I can't do that and all that stuff and anyways what happened was I ended up losing my gym I absolutely lost everything because all the big gym like a good life fitness all the big franchises came into town and absolutely crushed my business so I lost everything so is that the absolute lowest of the low you know so when I got to that point that was the kick in the butt that I needed and uh, I ended up, I was doing a, a courier job, uh, transporting packages and, and things like that all over. And I would study my show. I would put the music on. I visualize seeing myself on a stage. And I did that for a year and a half. And finally, it was uh, October 17th, October 19th, 2007. I, uh, I rented a high school theater. Okay. And uh, absolutely scared to death. As you as you can imagine, you know, never really hypnotized anybody. I, you know, I, besides the test and all that stuff. You'd not you'd not done any conventional shows then prior to this. You thought, sod it, I'm going to hire a high school theatre to start with. Never did nothing. 
I never did. I never did. The only thing I was doing was the the little getting people's hands stuck to the walls yeah. and eyelids, all that fun stuff, you know. So I had a big set. I'm telling you. And I was just uh, every time that fear would come in, I just I knew I was heard the saying that Will Smith said, "Everything that you want is on the other side of fear," and I knew that I had to fight that in order to to make my dreams come true. But there was just something in me that told me you have to do this show. I almost canceled three times when I was driving there, uh, threw up before I stepped on stage, everything. And as soon as I walked on stage, everything went away. And it was the first time in my life that I think I felt absolute bliss. I never felt so comfortable in my life. Now, the show was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> my first show. Well, it was. was it, or is it that just you looking back on it from your perspective of having done oh, many shows? I bet the audience didn't know any different, did they? No, they, I think I got a standing ovation, you know? Oh, excellent. It was, no, it was great, you know, and it instantly hooked me. And uh, right from there, I, I decided, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, make a life of this. And uh, you know what? I'm so grateful. I'm so fortunate. To, to have wonderful people like you to follow that are just masters of the craft. And uh, I learned, you know, Mike Mandel and, you know, Mike, I think you had Mike on your show and yeah. uh, Carl Smith, Carl Smith from the UK, just absolutely love this guy. Just fantastic, you know, and, and all the legends and uh, followed and learned and studied and created my own, you know, I created my own brand. And uh, now, now I'm here today with, you know, uh, and you are firmly here because anyone who goes searches your name and uh, obviously the phrase hypnotist because there are other Jason Sirius just as there are other Jonathan Royals in the world. An American footballer apparently is one of them. Definitely not me. Um, but you will see that Jason is working big venues. Well, certainly is when this COVID nonsense isn't stopping such from happening. How's that affected you over the past year? It it, uh, it absolutely crushed me, uh, Jonathan. To be honest with you, I was uh, I was doing approximately. I got into keynote presentations also. I should mention that. So I started to incorporate that. Anthony Gailey, do you know that name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolute brilliant keynote speaker. And I and I was watching his YouTube videos, and he was just I was blown away. So it was just another avenue that I could take with hypnosis because a lot of corporate companies. Uh, they were cutting back like on the entertainment part, but they still had their conferences and things like that. So I got in 2016, I, uh, I put a presentation together. It was called Achieve the Unthinkable. And it's all about the power of visualization. And I actually bring people up on the stage and I hypnotize them. And, you know, everything I do is I, I give a message with, you know, hot and cold. And then I talk about how that can affect your career and your dreams and, and all that stuff. I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, that that's what I got into. But in March, when COVID hit, I I had approximately fifty. I, I was doing about fifty to sixty events a year, and 2020 was going to be my biggest year. And then in March, COVID hit, and then I was honestly holding. As an entertainer, you you know the feeling. It was just you lost. You I'm like, what do I do? I yeah. my hands were in my hair. I was like, man. What do I do? But as soon as I just I took a couple of days to think about it and uh, I said, I'm going to I'm going to jump fully into hypnotherapy. 
And I always did my hypnotherapy since I was 25 years old, but I never promoted it because I was always busy on the shows, traveling and, and doing, you know, doing the, the conferences and things like that. And anytime I was I had some downtime, I would work with people with uh, hypnotherapy. But uh, once March hit, uh, I had to take it to a whole new level. And now I'm seeing approximately probably about 12 to 14 people a week and uh, super, super busy. And uh, I'm, once again, I'm just so grateful. I, I'm so passionate. I love hypnosis so much. And uh, it's just it brought me wonderful things, you know, in life. Excellent. Adaptability, that is definitely one of the, in the climate of the world we're living in at the minute. But it's not going to be like this forever. We, we, we Things will eventually get back to venues reopening and, and performances being able to take place so what what assuming everything's back to normal what would you like the future to hold for you in terms of, of the, uh, the performing side um you know um it, it's in my blood you know as I, I absolutely love the hypnotherapy and helping people and it's just it's amazing the results that you can see with the power of the unconscious um but before i was before this happened there's a company called mervich productions have you ever heard of them i don't know why it rings a bell but it does vaguely okay so they're uh, they're the largest theater production company in canada and they're based out uh, of toronto okay so they do a phantom of the opera uh, wicked uh, Lord of the Rings, Beauty and the Beast, you know, all, uh -huh. all the major shows. So that they have four or five theaters in, in Toronto. And I did a show at the Toronto Centre of the Arts in 2019. And I contacted them and I said, I really would like you guys to come and see my show. And they said, we've never worked with a hypnotist in 50 years and they just didn't. It's big, mm -hmm. big shows, you know. They even bring a lot of shows to the UK, actually, in London and, and things like that. And uh, I said... That's our, probably our, where I vaguely heard it, because my daughter's massively into musical theatre and stuff. Yes, yeah, just brilliant plays, like first class, amazing, amazing people. And uh, anyways, long story short, I ended, getting, ended up getting one of their executives to come to my show when I was in Toronto, but I was adamant. I was after them. I contacted them and they couldn't, they could not say, I, I basically made them come to that show. Excellent. Um, because I believed in my show and I wanted them to see it. And you know, there's a lot of, there's so much myths and misconceptions and there's a lot of people doing great work out there. And there's also, you know, there's some, there's some bad work too, mm. but I believed in, in my product. I believed in my brand and I, they ended up coming to see my show. And gee, at the end of the show, it was a, a, a lady and she said, I really liked your show. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I immediately contacted them, you know, a week after uh, to see if I could get into one of their theaters. It was called the, the CAA Theater. It's about a 625 seater that they have. Yeah. And it's kind of smaller productions. They probably like have one or two, you know, on stage. And I visited theater with one of their staff so I could see it. Um, anyways, I got to the point where they were interested and they were going to give me a shot with them. Mm -hmm. So that's like getting a shot with a, a, one of your soccer teams or the yeah. national, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's open. 
Yeah, you know, big doors are going to open. They're going to be behind you, and they would help you market the show, which we all know is so important in order to bring in the crowd. And they know the market. Toronto's our biggest city, right? So it was a great way from a you know small guy, small town guy like me from coming from Atlantic Canada to really get my name out there. And uh, to answer your question, and I know that was long-winded, but uh that that's that's the avenue where i would like to go i I would really really love to connect with uh mervich and 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 do that but of course you know i love i love the the big the big shows also which are fun but who doesn't you know you got all the people and you know it's it's great for volunteers and and all that stuff but that that's the avenue i would like to take i would like to take a company with that much marketing power to just come behind the show and, and, you know, take it, get their creative geniuses to take the show to another level. So that's where I'd like to go when this all gets over, done and over with. Cool. Now, I don't know, because obviously I'm not based um, in Canada or America, although I have done uh, the odd show in America. Um, is there, is, like there is in America, is the the kind of high school grad parties and all that, kind of market in Canada as well? Yes, uh, of course, exactly. They, the grad parties and things like that. I I did some of them. There's there's some new guys that are starting out that are uh, that kind of do that more than, than I do. Uh, if it's based, you know, in the middle of the night, they do them shows. They're called safe grads, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't have any of this in England, but for, I mean, for viewers and listeners who are not in Canada or America or not already aware of this, they have graduation nights where I assume they get awards and it's meeting up with all the class year mates, whatever, that are going to be leaving or, and they lock them in overnight yeah. so, that, so that they're safe. But obviously that requires them to be kept entertained. And one of the key things that tends to get booked is a comedy stage hypnotist. It just makes completely no sense out of the model of the world as it is in England or most of Europe. But this is what goes on in Canada and America. <laughs> yeah, you're on. And they are. They're huge. I mean, it, it comes in June is when they are. And honestly, I'll, I'll get like 50 emails. Like, it's just every they love it. They absolutely love it. And uh, I don't do as much as I, I used to. Uh, but, you know, there, there's always the option there. I'm located in Moncton, New Brunswick. So it's usually like at three o'clock in the morning, too. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm hypnotized before I go on stage, dude. <laughs> I mean, I've done I've done shows at three o'clock in the morning, but they've been in nightclubs for adults who, you know, um, in holiday resorts, in but not not in schools for well, teenage kids, effectively. Yeah. No offense to people, but I mean, I'm just putting it in perspective. So I mean, that's something you've got. An advantage. Well, yeah, I suppose it's an advantage from um, a work that's available point of view in America and Canada, because in England we're not allowed to hypnotise anyone under the age of eighteen for a stage show. Wow, it's yeah. it's it's against the nineteen fifty two hypnotism act. Yeah, no, I heard of that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. But uh, it's pretty wide open here uh, with that stuff. Like I said, the high school, you know, high schools their age from. And of course, you got to keep your material appropriate. You, like mm. they're they're very they, you got to be got to be clean and classy with them, of course. 
as I always do anyway. So I, I pride myself on that. But uh, yeah, there's there's a ton of ton of shows like that for you know their ages are i think from 14 to 18 years old is is kind of but it's more for the graduating it's more for the graduating class which is probably between 16 and 18 that uh, it's really popular yeah it is how do you and again you obviously can only speak from the perspective of where you are and just to clarify that no offense to anyone but in my experience of i've never been to canada but i've been to america i've done seminars there and um couple of shows literally only a couple of shows as in two <laughs> the the rest has been seminars and stuff but in my experience of doing those two shows and a lot of impromptu stuff when i've been in america is that i don't know if this is the same with canada but americans i find are way easier to hypnotize than british people yeah it's uh you know I, I've never, I've never had an issue, you know, when I first started out, you know, doing some of the bar shows and there's uh, nine people in the audience, you know, that can be a battle. Uh, mm. Even when I first started my stage show, you know, when I first started, I think my second show, that very first show I did, I think there was 175 people in the crowd. And uh, my second show that I did, I think I had 25, you know, people in the crowd. And then you ask for volunteers and in a 500 seat auditorium with 25 people, everybody's kind of looking at each other. There's <laughs> no, no one wants to come to the stage. And I think two people came to the stage and uh, one was kind of up there doing the thing. And the other one, you know, I, I kind of I, I got, you know, I even did an intermission in that show. Like I had so much guts, you know. <laughs> That's excellent. You know, I mean, if you act as though it's normal, how's the audience supposed to know any yeah. different? Yeah. But you know what? The big thing, the big thing is trust. And uh, I, I've never, I never had an issue. And like I said, I walked the line a little bit with my content, you know, in, in my earlier years, but now I, I really do. I, I keep it, I keep it clean. I keep it family friendly and I've got a pretty good name here in Atlantic Canada. So a lot of people, you know, and, and you know, the importance, John, of, of trust and people, you know, that credibility and having that prestige. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people, you know, when they they know I'm doing a show, they know that I'm that I'm pretty good at what I do. So they're really easy. It's really easy for them to let their walls down, and uh, you know, instant inductions. They just trust me, and they and then they know that you know they're in good hands. How much of an advantage do you think you had when you were starting out as a stage hypnotist? given what you would have naturally observed and taken on board with your upbringing, with your dad in the music industry? Because, I mean, I know it's not hypnosis, but there's still marketing, advertising, publicity, promotion, and all the stuff that puts you on the map going on around you. You were growing up in that environment. So a lot of people starting in the industry don't have that. How, How did that help you? Uh, well, I remember when I did my first show, it was at the Fredericton Playhouse, and that was where my dad was living at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, he he basically filled the theater, and it's a, a beautiful venue, uh, 709 seats, you know. Nice. And it was probably my 10th show. So, I mean, I had him as a as marketing help. He He just knew. And once again, Joey Knight was such a big name. And it was the son of Joey Knight. So that was even better, you know, that that really yeah. that really helped me. But uh, 
even now, it's still not easy in Atlantic Canada. Atlantic Canada is probably a population of about 780,000 people, which is very small. Yeah, right. And, and there's not a lot of hypnotists around this area. But even when I go to, you know, Ontario, it took me 12 years to become an overnight success, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and when I go to Ontario, it's, it's all that you've got to start over again. No one has a clue who Jason Cyrus is. So then once, once again, it's all doing research and getting in and trying not to spend a ton of money, you know, on radio or TV and things like that, because that's not necessarily the way. It, I'm, I'm starting over there, but I'm building a pretty good brand in, in Ontario now also. Yeah, that but, was something yeah. that Ravine, we mentioned earlier, was was flipping expert. It was very much like the circus advanced man formula where a couple of weeks before the circus is going to hit town, the advanced man would show up and there'd be playbills everywhere you looked. There'd be two for the price of one vouchers given out the bit for the opening nights to make sure they get word of mouth off the first night. Every trick in the book would be used by the circus. By the time they arrived two weeks later, everyone had heard about this. And Ravine pretty much did that. I mean, but these days with the way things have gone, you've kind of got to be pretty damn famous or get into a company like you mentioned before, back in here. Um, to have any chance of doing that kind of thing, haven't you? Because everything's got so bloody damned expensive. Yeah, you're 100% right. I remember the ticket, like tickets were like five bucks, three bucks back in the day. And a lot of them guys, you know, back into the 70s and 80s, when they would come into a town, they would basically comp their first show. But they had so much confidence in their show that when the people walked out of there, they were completely, their mind was blown. And you'd have the exact same people that are at that show trying to get tickets for like all seven or 14 shows. Like the people would keep coming back. Like that's the yeah. power of, of what they did, uh, which was brilliant. But like you said, you're, you're spending, you know, 50 to 60, $70 a ticket now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy because the expenses of everything with, with the marketing that goes with all these, you know, bigger productions, it's, uh, you know, it takes a lot of, for a family of four to go out, you know, that's, that's yeah. a 200, you know, $300 night with dinner and, and even, you know, you got to get the babysitters. So you got to be damn good in order for someone to, to put that investment in you, you know? Also, the world's changed a lot. Do you think, um, or what degree do you think, um, the appearance of social media and, of you know, 1,096, I made that number up, television channels and um, and so many other free entertainment stimuli out there where people will do almost anything to get their 15 minutes of fame with these reality TV shows, that the novelty of people doing silly things when they're hypnotised, people can see people do more ridiculous things for free on social media on a daily basis. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. We're competing against that every single day. You know, and it's uh, like you said, there's more ridiculous things. I can just do one click on YouTube and, 
you're going to see something do someone do something more crazy than they ever would do on a stage. So it's a it's a tough world for for the entertainment industry. It really is. And I find that, you know, the shows like uh, Britain's Got Talent or the America's Got Talent, mm -hmm. which is very hard for a hypnotist to do because of the time slot, you know, that yeah. we have. But uh, there was a young guy, I forget his name. He he did on. He was with Howie Mandel. He made um, Howie. Yeah, from uh, Chris Jones. You got it, Chris Jones. Apparent, apparently hypnotized him so he would shake people's hands, and he's a well-known germaphobe. Right, right. Yeah. So from that, Chris got a lot of exposure. So, you know, his bookings just skyrocketed through the roof, and his social media presence went up and started to get millions of followers and, and all this stuff, you know. And it seems like that's that's almost the way to really get recognized. But once again, it's, you know, it's really, really tough. Social media has taken over the entertainment industry and it's, it's just, uh, it's a popularity contest is what it is. Is there a, is there a Canada's Got Talent? Uh, there used to be. Yeah, there used to be, but it got cancelled. Oh, probably, right. probably about five years ago, I think. But I was actually thinking about going on it because I was, I was going to do some catalepsy or, you know, I would have thought of something to, to get in there to get the judges to uh, take a look at me. But it actually got canceled. But if something like that ever comes up again, uh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do something. Excellent. Yeah, it yeah. does seem that that is the way to kind of, oh, you just have to be incredibly lucky that something you randomly post randomly becomes viral. Which can sometimes happen, but yeah, shows like that definitely do do help. So, what for people watching or listening who who may be starting out? I go because you you are so supportive, and there's a lot of people get very guarded stage hypnotists, and oh no, I won't teach anyone else. But the, the we have a mutual um, contact. Um, who, crikey, I'm guessing he's probably about 16, 17 now, but back in 2016, early 17, Dylan Arsenal, he, he, start, he, he did his first hypno show when he was like 13 for this seniors group. And I know he, he's a massive fan of yours. He's been to every show he could do. And that you, you were incredibly supportive as well. Which I yeah. think's a may. I mean, I think that's probably partly because you come from a show business background, yeah. whereas a lot of people. I mean, well, I'm just going to say thank you for being the kind of person who is supportive. What would you say to people starting out? Is the best way of of getting a foothold, as it were, getting experience? Yeah. The 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 key is to learn from someone that knows what they're doing. And the key is to do it. That's the key. There's so many people that will read, you know, they'll read the books and they'll read that and study that and memorize that. But at the end of the day, if you don't go out and do it, you'll, you'll never, it's all about confidence. I always say confidence, intent and mindset. Yeah. And that, and that's what you need. And you're not going to get the words right all the time. And you're going to look back at shows and you're going to say, what the hell was I doing? And you're going to do improv, you know, street hypnosis and people's hands are going to come apart or their fingers won't come together. But from every one of those failures, you're going to learn something from it. 
And that's the more confidence that you get. And when you get your first person, when you hypnotize that first person, as you know, the confidence that goes in you is unbelievable. And that makes you try something else, makes you try something else. My biggest advice is don't worry so much about the study. Know what you're doing and, and you know, have confidence in that. But to do it, get out there and just say the hell with it. I'm going to hypnotize this person. And this is the way it's going to be. And if you're intense there and you're congruent about everything, that person's going to, they're going to go out. But that that's my, anybody, and I know, I think you're talking Wesley Lane is who you're talking about. Wesley, the guy from uh, Atlantic Canada. He's the guy that he learned from you. Oh, um, no, I don't, I, 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 well, on Facebook, he's not Dylan Arsenal. Oh, oh, that's the yes, yes, you're right. That's the uh, younger, the other younger gentleman. There's another yeah, guy. Yeah, he was, he was like 13 about yes. 2016 and posted a video of him doing a seniors, what we call enough folks home, I think. And I was like, wow, talk about balls of steel. I know <laughs> I did my first hypno show when I was like 15. Well, the thought of pulling it off at the age of 13 is like, wow, so much respect. Yeah. And I Brilliant. know that he seen every show that he could do of yours first yeah i remember i was doing a uh, i always try to bring a young person up on my stage and i'll give them the ability if they touch someone's head the people will go out and i i, I think i was doing a rubber nose with someone uh-huh. and dylan, dylan was at my show he had the, he had he was all dressed up too he had the bow tie on he had the tie nice. he was ready to go it was so amazing you know to see to see a young guy like that and um he ended up coming on the show and, and he, you know, he felt the stage and we got the crowd to give him a big round of applause. And, you know, that just goes so far with that. But I'm a huge believer in supporting everybody. And I sincerely, be- I love seeing people successful in whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not jealous or, or anything like that. You know, if they put the work in to, to have that success. And it's, you know, our community is so small in, in the hypnosis world, really, when you think about it, mm. that we should all be supporting each other. If we had all the support of each other and, and we did our craft the way that it's supposed to be, you know, it's just going to make things better for everybody. But putting people down or, you know, ridiculing someone, that's, that's just not the way I do it. I'm, I'm everybody's biggest fan as long as they're doing it the right way. And uh, I absolutely want to see every hypnotist. I want to see every street performer. I want to see every magician, every illusionist, everybody succeed. And I think that we all got to come together as a group and uh, and root for everybody. Help each other out. Because the more that you help someone, that's the more that you're talking about it and you're learning more yourself. Right? Excellent philosophy. Yeah. Now, you mentioned magicians there. Um, I know it's only about you, you, you've got an interest in magic as well. I did. I did. Uh, I went to Las Vegas and I bought a $400 magic kit. I think it was only <laughs> worth probably about 20 bucks. <laughs> but uh, I, my dad showed me the old finger trick, you know. Hey, cutting edge stuff. But uh, I never got into magic as much as I uh, had wanted to. And I also want to uh, bring some mentalism to my, to my show because it's a great way to break the ice, you know. And uh, maybe we'll have a little chat there, Jonathan, after, all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will hook you up with, um, by all means, my way of saying thank you for doing this intro, I'll hook you up with um, my mentalism training 
so you can then pick a few ideas and put something together. Um, as you say, it does go. I mean, there's people at Ravine used to do mentalism and magic combined with Hypno. Um, obviously, the amazing Kresge. Um, yeah. bit, bit, big in that as well. So we've kind of talked about stage hypnosis. Let's, because we're 36 minutes in, and so we're over the halfway mark. Let's uh, segue into hypnotherapy for a bit. Now, it yep. strikes me, I don't know if you do at the moment or it's something you've considered, but it strikes me that with your background in hockey and sports, that utilising your skills for hockey players and sports people, they would take you more seriously than just a hypnotherapist who hasn't got any sporting background. Is that something you've done or...? Yep, I do. Uh, I do a lot. I do a lot of. Uh, I deal with a lot of MMA fighters. Oh, mixed martial arts. Martial yeah. arts. I, uh, boxers. Uh, a lot of golfers, and we have a, a junior team. And I actually, uh, I worked with a few of the major junior guys in hockey, also. So I, I do a lot of sports. But the biggest one that I've been doing the most, and of course, the whole world is experiencing this. Is, is trauma and anxiety. Well, and especially at the moment, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And um, once again, so fortunate that I'm able to, you know, to use hypnosis to help people. And it's absolutely amazing. It's the most rewarding, you know, it's so rewarding. I always tell my clients that I said there's no standing ovation that I ever got that would ever make me feel the way of when you send me that message and say, all those emotions are gone. I don't know where they went. I still think of them, but the, the detachment is completely gone. I think what Carl Smith says is he changes the flavor of it. And uh, that's basically what we're doing. And what I love about our work versus, the you know, regular therapists is that we're actually dealing with the unconscious and we're letting the unconscious do the work. And uh, so powerful. But uh, I absolutely love the hypnotherapy part of it. So what from the sports clients that you work with, what, what what's the main thing that you kind of focus on with them? Is it giving them more motivation, more focus? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. In a regular session, what I basically do with someone for a golfer, for example, is I basically get them see, seeing them to visualize themselves playing the perfect round. Okay. And they go through each hole, you know, within a matter of seconds for that whole 18, for the whole 18 holes. And then I'll get them to rewind that technique again mm -hmm. so that they can see themselves going back through anything that they could have corrected or anything like that. And then I'll basically get them to go forward. But it's basically a visualization process that I use with uh, athletes for seeing and for a boxer, for example, seeing punches coming at them in super slow motion so that they're able to dodge and, and to have that gut instinct to react when they're supposed to react and a, and a hockey player to shoot that second before, you know, that, that he would normally shoot sending off flashes and red lights and, and all these things. And uh, once like just the unconscious just continues to blow me away every single day. Excellent. And, um then, of course, you did mention earlier, but we'll go back to it now, that you put together a kind of keynote corporate presentation, which 
Uh, what you briefly explained to me sounds like the cracking ploy that more and, well, more, and more intelligent uh, stage hypnotists in England have started to do recently, that they realised that corporate companies, yes, they have got a budget for entertainment, but that budget may be about this big. However, their budget for training and stuff is much, much bigger. And if they just cut their shop into bits, I know there's more to it than this, I'm going to sound very flippant here, but if they cut their shop into bits uh, and then interspurs the comedic comedy skits, sketches, call them what you will, routines, with a motivational talk or an explanation of how that's relevant to issues that particular corporate company may face and how they can harness the mind power and at the end of it rather than finishing on some comedy routine like more stage hypnotists would do kind of group positive visualization exercise instead it then becomes training arena budget and they get paid more um give us your perspective on that because i know that's something that you do do over there and it's been going on more in america and canada than it has over here yeah, well, you absolutely nailed it. <laughs> you you said everything that that's exactly well, I, I, what I, I, I was being a bit flippant there because it is a bit flippant Mark, the way I just explained it. You, you are making it a bit more precisely fine-tuned to the companies, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So what happens basically, and you're, you're 100% right, a lot of the times when a company is uh, cutting anything, the first thing that they cut is the entertainment but they still want entertainment. So the great thing with what I do with the keynote presentation is I put entertainment with a powerful message. So when a company contacts me and they say that they need a keynote speaker to come in, I basically ask them what they're, they're usually themed as something uh, of whatever it is that, that the, the company is focusing on. And I'll talk with the manager or the general manager and I'll customize everything towards that company. Now, every I have a template of what I follow because there's there's certain blocks that I'll just put certain information in to motivate and to so that I can talk about the same theme as what the company's talking about. And and the great yeah. thing is, yeah, and the great thing is that when you do it, I'll, I'll do some EFT tapping with them, you know, on the triple warmers and, and I get everybody pumped up where they're standing up. And then I'll go into the explanation of hypnosis and the power of visualization. I'll tell a little bit of my story. Uh, of course, I always do a finger test just to give get some confidence out there with the audience. And then I'll do a book and balloon test with everybody. So I don't actually select people to come up on stage right away because it's usually smaller numbers, although I, there is huge conferences out there. Mm -hmm. But as people feel more comfortable doing something in a group, so then that's when I'll do the book and balloon test and I'll walk out and then I'll select my uh, volunteers from there with an instant, an instant induction, which absolutely in, in, impresses everybody. Bring those volunteers up on stage and we'll get them to go back out into hypnosis. We'll do a little bit of relaxation techniques and then I basically do some fun things, hot and cold techniques. But from that hot and cold technique, I put it with a powerful message about how, you know, it's an involuntary response where you, you can control different things, different scenarios with whatever it is that, that you're working on or whatever goal that you want to achieve, that type of thing. And, and I just incorporate 
whatever the, the company's goals are into my keynote presentation, along with a couple of really funny stage hypnosis skits. At the end of the show, I do like a mental detox with everybody, get them to release all their emotions, get them to go back. You know, Carl Smith is the one I really got this from, and I'll give credit to Carl. Uh, go back when they were a child and they see that child and they give that child a nice big hug and everybody's leaving there feeling refreshed. They're feeling rejuvenated, give them some motivation. And uh, they feel like I've got that off me. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, glorified it's really... inner child therapy. Yeah. Yeah. That mega powerful. Do you not, do you not find that actually quite often they all hugging the child, telling them it's all all right and all that, apart from having dramatically positive effects for them. That it can often reduce people, well, bring at the very least bring tears to their eyes. Yeah, it does. And uh, and you can get the biggest alpha A male. And when you get them to stop and you get them to think, and it's all about here, that's how you get power. That's how you get change. That's how you want to get the unconscious. You hit them here, right in the heart. And uh, the shifts that I've seen from that, you know, there's a lot of tears. And there's, uh, you know, biggest guys in the room, big boys cry too, you know, uh, and it's just a, a very moving, moving thing. And, and general managers, managers, the people that hire hire me, they just absolutely love it. And they just, you know, when, when can we when can we get you next? And they're laughing. You know, we got every emotion going with, yeah, with well, that, our emotional roller coaster makes it memorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and and the other great thing about it, Jonathan, too, is um, you travel by yourself. You know, when you when you have the big shows, you know, you got to bring a team. So I got I got my technicians, a couple of technicians that come with me. I got a couple uh, my wife and my sister, you know, they work on stage with me. We, we keep it classy. Everybody's dressing nice and all that stuff, you know, but I, we got to travel all them. So the expenses are high. And the great thing about the corporate events is it's just me you know and the company you know they cover your flight they cover your expenses they cover your food they cover your transportation and you go on you do your thing you blow their minds for 60 minutes and then you're off to the next city it's absolutely fantastic and like you said budgets are always higher because it's all about learning it's all about training it's all about shifting you know the uh, their 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 staff now that's the one extreme. The other extreme, the negative, well, I'm not saying negative side of it, it it's not, there's always ways around things, isn't there? It's a matter of perspective. Um, is that in corporate arenas, but you've kind of answered this already, is that the probably, you know, the people that are working alongside, they're likely to be a bit more reserved about doing silly, stupid things. <laughs> yeah. How, um, how do you deal with that? Is it mainly just through reassurance in your pre-talk and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Once again, uh, especially in Atlantic Canada, uh, that's what I'm known for. I'm known. I'm known to be clean, and once it's prestige, people people know who I am. They can't wait for them to come on stage. They can't wait to let themselves go for me. That type of thing. <clears throat> but I always do an incredible pre-talk with them and I let them know that no one's going to be disrespected, ridiculed or embarrassed on stage. And it is a corporate event. And I remember one time uh, when I first started doing the keynote presentations, I would do a routine where when I turned my back to this lady that she would see, I would have no pants on, 
you know, of course, <laughs> and everybody was laughing their heads off, you know, but some of the higher executives, they said, we absolutely love your show, but if we had to give you one critique is uh, maybe drop that part out. So yeah. they, uh, as much laughter as it brought, you know, it's still, uh, it can, it's just, you got to really be cautious when it comes to a corporate, corporate setting. And if anybody's out there listening that does that work, be very, very cautious. It's, you know, it's not, it's not worth it to not get booked again or, or not have a good reputation because of just doing something silly that creates yeah. a lot. So uh, I definitely, <laughs> I'd recommend you, it's got to be squeaky. I mean, squeaky clean with corporate events. It's weird that because I, I, no, I agree with you. 99% of the work out there for corporate events, without a doubt, squeaky clean is the way, the only way, simple as listen to what Jason should have said, ignore what I'm about to say. But yeah. somehow I've managed to, I suppose it's because of the way my branding went, British bad boy of hypnosis and the television coverage I had in the 90s around the world where I was, they were trying to make out of some kind of pornographic stage hypnotist. It, it was never as bad as they made out. It's amazing how when you verbally describe something in a newspaper, uh, it doesn't bear much relation to what they'd see if they were physically there, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to get booked specifically so like managing directors of companies and their chosen few clients uh, in some flash hotel can have the muckiest of shows that if anyone, and I have to sign non-disclosure agreements and shit, because if anyone found out that they were watching such shows, uh, yeah. it tarnished their company's reputation so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's mental. Stuff. It's the world we now live in, which leads me to my next question. I've asked um pretty much all the stage hypnotists that I've had on Hypnosis Week this. And this is a controversial one. There's no right or wrong answer from my point of view, your point of view. It's, it's semi-impossible to answer without potentially offending somebody. So I apologise in advance if anyone gets offended by what I'm about to say or, or Jason's view on it. But we're living in a world now, rightly or wrongly, everyone should be allowed to be who they want to be. But it's perhaps going a little bit extreme. So we've gone from he or she, him or her, to God knows, I've lost count, how many dozens or hundreds of different pronouns, titles there are for people, um, you know, who may be transgender, transitioning, post-operative, pre-operative, or they just decide they identify differently to other people and you've got to be careful not to upset or offend these people um especially if it was in a corporate environment um but even at a public show you've got to be careful of this because obviously if you upset their identity that in itself is going to make your job harder to hypnotize them because it's going to put the back up understandably if they've got us. what do you make of the world we live in is it it's getting a bit and getting a bit too politically correct maybe yeah i mean <clears throat> you got to respect everybody and of course uh, yeah yeah and, and it you know it, it it is tough and you know there's there's a lot of things there's a lot of routines that that you used to do that you just you, you can't do anymore 
in a, in a public setting because of you know of all of 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 all that. So you got to take that stuff in consideration. Uh, like I said, I always run a, a family show, and there's sometimes I'll do something you know that I don't think is that's wrong at all. And mm-hmm. and you know it's actually really funny, and it's probably one of the favorite routines. But they'll still I'll get an email you know after the show and say you know you. You really kind of offended me in, in in that, and I wish you kind of didn't do that. So I take those things in into consideration. You know, I get a big heart, you know, and, and I want to, I want everybody to like me. And I know it's impossible in today's world, but yeah. I just I try to be me. I try to give the best content that I possibly can. If I offend someone, I sincerely don't mean it at all, and uh, they will contact you. You know, people will they'll contact you if, if they felt offended and, and I'm happy that they do. And if it's something that I think that I can change in my show, you know, I'll uh, I'll, I'll consider it type thing. But uh, you're right. It's 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 not we can't just do whatever it is that we want now, you know, especially in, in the bigger venues and, and all that stuff, um, because there's there's so much different you know types of people that are coming out to the show. And you got to try and be as friendly and content, you know, yeah. friendly as you possibly can. It's a crazy world we live in. So we're getting close to the end of the hour. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone at the end, which is if you could only give, and I know you've already kind of given us a couple of answers along this ilk. So, but if you could only give someone who was starting out, whether it's stage hypnosis, hypnotherapy, or combination of them both, three kind of top tips or things that stand out as important words of wisdom or advice, or it might even just be three book titles, or it might, whatever feels right for you, what would your three do-do's, be takeaways advice for our viewers and listeners i'll give you three words but i'll i'll elaborate a little bit on it and and i've already mentioned it mindset intent and confidence are the it's the most important thing to be an incredible hypnotist and the first thing that you do is first person you always have to hypnotize is yourself as you are an incredible hypnotist. And I mentioned it before, you got to go out and do it. And learn from someone that has a good reputation. Don't just, you know, learn from the first person that you see. Do your homework. Uh, get some some reviews on, on this person and, and make sure there's, there's so many. Like Mike Mandel is just, you know, I, I can't say enough about this guy. And even yourself, you know. Guys that just been around, Carl Smith, you follow him, you know, on, on YouTube. These guys, they're just, there's no BS. They say it the way it is. They don't pretend to be someone that they're not. And they just teach really good content. And I think that all people starting out should learn from people like that. But you have to do it. You can learn as much as you possibly can. If you don't do it, you'll never have the confidence to do it. And it's okay to fail. I know I'm giving you about 10 of these. <laughs> hey, that's fine. 
But it's okay to fail. Like I failed and failed and failed and failed. And you know what? Even still in, in therapy on stage and stuff like that, I still make mistakes. I still stumble over my words. I still do this. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if you don't take that first step, you're never, ever going to get to where you want to be. And uh, as Will Smith said is where I heard the quote, everything that you want is on the other side of fear. When you feel that in your pit of your stomach, like, oh, geez, I don't know, the imposter monster. And uh, Lori Hammond was the one that gave me that word. I'll give her credit. When you feel that imposter monster, you just got to say, you know what? Oh, F you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm going to go out. Nothing's going to stop me. And that's, that's the mindset that you have to have. And of course, what we perceive as a failure or a fuck up or stumbling, the client or audience may never actually know unless we were to tell them. So obviously just carry on as low you expected it to happen and not quite often people will not even notice no they don't they don't you're 100 percent right they don't know we're we're our hardest critic you know but uh it's a great way of keeping learning to it and uh you know wayne gretzky you heard of the wayne gretzky the hockey player wayne gretzky i haven't to be honest no no you haven't he's, he's world famous hockey player so if you've got canadian sport you- is my absolute worst <laughs> subject matter <laughs> um, I know a little bit about snooker, but other than that, sport. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gretzky said, and he was a world famous, probably the, questionably, the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. And uh, he said, you'll miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Very true. Yeah. You know what? So, that name's ringing a bell now. I think I watch Porn Stars. That um, that's P A W M for anyone who might not have the show. In there. <laughs> it's a porn shop in Vegas where they go in and sell stuff. And I'm pretty certain somebody was selling some of his memorabilia. Yeah. That name's um, now flooding back to yeah. me. But that is very true. You you won't get anything unless you do something. Thank right. you. Excellent, excellent advice. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, viewers and listeners, look below this video if you're on YouTube, Vimeo, or any of the other video platforms, or look below that speaker symbol that you get on your uh, iTunes or other podcast channel that you may be listening to this to. And underneath in the show notes will be links to Jason's YouTube social medias, website and whatnot. If you want to reach out to him, perhaps you are looking for a hypnotherapist to help you with something, uh, particularly if it's in the sports arena, because we've discussed, the man knows what he's on about. He comes from that background. Maybe you're looking to book a hypnotist. Maybe you're looking um, for some mentoring, motivation within your own business. Again, uh, give Jason a shout, and I'm sure uh, he can hook you up with his uh, services. Thank you very much indeed, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, is it, would you like final word to you, sir? Uh, John, I just want to thank you so much, you know, for having me, and uh, I really appreciate you sincerely taking the time to talk to me and and putting out the good word, and you know, bringing us, giving, giving us some spotlight to share the work, to to share our, you know, our craft and. Uh, I just thank you. I respect you so much and uh, I'm really happy and I hope we can continue our friendship. Yeah. And when you come to Canada, you got to make sure that you come and see me and we're going to get you. We're going to dress you up in some hockey gear and we'll put you on the ice. Okay. Well. <laughs> now the ice skating bit, it's a few years since I've been on an ice rink, but I used to be reasonably good at the ice skating. Okay. So, excellent. I'm gonna, 
I'm going to hold you to it, okay, my friend? Keep up the good work. I'm really proud of you, and I, I'm, I'm going to look forward to continue to follow you. Keep up the great work. You too, sir. Take care, Thanks. and goodbye, viewers and listeners. Go to hypnosisweek.com for all the past and future episodes. Bye for now.